Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing... The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. I'm Ilya Marchenko. I'm Dennis Kudla. I'm Jesper Dion. I'm Henry Laksan. I am Francisco Segundolo. You're already saying... Hey, welcome back, tennis fans. Here we are for a podcast to discuss the amazing week that we had last week. We were obviously over in Zagreb when it all happened, but Rome was where it really was all happening. And it was two massive names making more records on the tour. Igor Sviantek, 28 games unbeaten, Rome Masters champion again. And then there's on the men's side, we've got that guy. He's back again, mate. Oh, he's creeping up, coming close to Roland Garros. Novak Djokovic gets another Masters title. Well, starting with Djokovic, I think it is pretty fitting that he now has put his name in the ring. Uh, we've had Alcaraz, the in, on, informed man on the men's. Nadal yeah. started the year as the best player. Sissipas doing okay as well, getting to a final here and obviously uh, winning Monte Carlo. So. We're now seeing the four contenders for Roland Garros all have some success. Djokovic was the only missing link in that, mm. uh, where he's been a bit, well, not doing great, has he? Obviously, the, with, with all the issues with the vac- vaccination, he's not been playing much tennis, but he's won an event in 2022. And I must say, I was extremely impressed in the manner he was able to do it. Bagel insisted pass in that final. Uh, I thought Megan did a great job covering the match, so thanks to her. Yes. And... Yeah, Djokovic looks like he, if not his favourite, is definitely a massive, massive contender to win Roland Garros now. I'm, of course, very disappointed with what happened with Rafa yeah. uh, and the injury. I was hoping he was going to come into this in some sort of better form. Um, but forget the men. Let's focus on the women because I think that's where we're going to start today. And there's one girl stealing all of the headlines. It's Iga Savante. We've been talking about her from sort of minute one um, this year. As soon as 2022 started, she was all right. Pretty impressive at the Australian Open. Wasn't yeah. able to win there. Lost it, I believe, in the semifinals. Since then, just, well, outstanding. I mean, the dominance we're seeing from her, I can only compare to Serena Williams. It's incredible, isn't it? I mean, yeah, she's got to be up there. I know that the, each time that we see her come onto the court, we're sort of speaking her name in the same breath as uh, like Navratilova. All the stats keep coming up, don't they? What's Steffi the longest Graf. win streak? Yeah, yeah, exactly. 74. Can she make that one? <laughs> I don't know. But 
she's going to give it a good shot. I tell you that much. And what an incredible year she's having. It's just crazy. Five titles in a row now. This is unbelievable. And the fact that we're not even done with Clay yet, it just means that surely it's got to be extended, hasn't it, JJ? Yeah, definitely. And look who we've got in the live chat. We've got John Silkin. Hey! How are we doing? Saying, <laughs> Go on, Johnny. Long time no see, guys. Of course, last time we saw Johnny was walking the streets as a greb. Yes. Uh, now, I believe he's in England, which is cool. We're also back in England, as you can see, me and Ben, both in a different location. Oh. I don't have to put up with him in person, which is a great relief for me. But yeah, no, I really did have a great time in Zagreb. It was really fun. Uh, we'll be bringing some content out very soon. But I think we'd not even have any time to reflect on it because tennis never stops and Roland never. Garros qualifiers are happening. We're going to take you through all of the Rome action in this podcast. And this girl here deserves at least half an hour of our time because she's not just winning. She's winning comfortably. She's the world number one. She... I think has had to do this the hard way in her career. She's not been handed anything on a silver silver platter. Everything she's had to do, she's had to work, I feel, harder than anyone else. She doesn't get wild cards to any events. She always gets puts on these random courts. Doesn't get the coverage she deserves. Um, I've even heard commentators, I never forget the Raducanu Iga match very yeah. recently, uh, very biased towards Raducanu. I've seen the whole narrative on Twitter and sort of the mainstream media feeding into other players and not her. Ultimately, this is the girl everyone should be talking about because she's the best. She's the yes. world's best. She's not doing it because Ashley Barty's retired. I thought if Ashley Barty was still playing, she would probably be eclipsing her right now. We don't. Yep. We can't say that with no death, like no certainty. But that's just my opinion. And yep. she can do it on every surface. Something which I think is very important to, to talk to talk about because often we'll see a player who can be very dominant on a specific surface. Right now, we're quite fortunate in the fact that we've got two players who have been showing that they can play on both surfaces across the men and the women, and that is Iga and Alcaraz, two extremely young players. If you look inside the top ten for the women, uh, no one is as young. As Iga Savantek, she's 20 years old. Everyone else is sort of 24, 25, 26 and, and yeah. above. There's a big gap. And she's in the top 10 as the youngest player, the most impressive player. And she's demolishing everyone. Alcaraz, I feel like I'm seeing similar traits as well. Um, but obviously not as dominant. Yeah, I totally agree. And remember, obviously, once Ash Barty uh, had announced her retirement as well, it should be noted that... One of the main things that everybody was saying about Ash Barty was, oh, it's so amazing. It's such an amazing curriculum because she was able to win on multiple surfaces. Well, let's give the same plaudits then to Iga Fiontech because she's doing the same. She's a junior Wimbledon champion. Hopefully we'll get to see her become an actual main stay Wimbledon champ. I think she can win on every single Grand Slam. I think that that has to be surely her aim. She's already got a role on Garros. I think she can get another one for sure uh, in her career. There's, a, I'm not, I'm under no disillusion. Are we getting all a bit carried away with I don't the fact so. that she's winning big events and the fact that she's winning so many Masters? We're going to go through the stats in a second because yep. uh, I know we've got a lot of tweets to get through, so we will be going through them. But she's only won one Grand Slam. I know she's not played in that many, but if she, if, if what about if she doesn't win any more Grand Slams? Then she's going to end with the same as Raducanu. Look at her body of work, mate. I just think the way she plays... I mean, I've got to throw it out there because we've got to pose questions on the podcast. There's no point just saying she's going to do this. Right now, as we're speaking, she's only won one Grand Slam. 
And but right now, I don't think I've ever seen in recent years. I think you hit the nail on the head. Like it was only when sort of Serena was starting to take the tour by storm and what she was doing to players on court, shortening the points, hitting so many winners, looking imposing on the other end of the court and players just getting absolutely battered. How I've lost count of how many bagels she's dished out this year, how many breadsticks. It's becoming embarrassing to play eager because your own ego gets dented so badly when you play her. You think, oh, I did all right in that first set, tie break. Second set, boom, bagel or breadstick. It's, it's not good for players' egos, I'm telling you. They're going to be going off court crushed. Uh, that's what I literally think. Yeah, well, shout out to Gary for joining us. He's saying, hi, guys. Eager's court movement, her relentless effort and her tennis IQ have made her the tennis player of 2022. It will be hard for any male player to top it. I agree with that. We've got Kathy in as well. How are we doing, Kathy? Hey, uh, shout out to Rowdy Every Lap with a super chat. Cheers, buddy. Eager has won 42 of the last 43 sets, and the only set dropped was a tiebreaker, and 31 of those sets... She's allowed three fewer games. I mean, I'm going to read that again. Oh, I think we just lost you a bit. I'll read it again for JG. It is, Eager has won 42 of her last 43 sets, and the only set dropped was a tiebreaker. And 31 of those sets, she's allowed three games or fewer. It doesn't even make sense. We've got to put that into perspective right now. Three games or fewer. She doesn't even get close to business ends. We all know on GTL, business end is normally around the 4-4, that sort of area. She doesn't even she doesn't even play business ends anymore, Iga Sviantec. She just she just wipes them off the court in the just dominant fashion. She doesn't even need to hear the button. We don't even get to press the button on Eager Stream. Uh, sorry about that. Did you hear? Did you? Hear, did I even hear? Did you hear me reading out or not? Uh, just when you you cut out, just as you started to read it for the second time. So I took over and read it for the second time. Yeah, because so, you have you to read it twice because it yeah. does blow you away. I mean, it even blew my internet <laughs> reading it out. My internet <laughs> couldn't handle the heat from that. Them statistics. <laughs> Forty-two of the last forty-three. The one she didn't win was a tire break. And she's always, it always seems to be, you know, even crazier, if you break that stat down into a set, no. the most common scoreline is zero or one. There's more yeah. zero or ones than there is twos. Yeah, isn't it mad? And then when she had like an sort of an in-between tournament, wasn't it? When she just finished Miami uh, after bageling Osaka, obviously, in the uh, final, she thought, oh, I'll just have a little uh, Billie Jean King Cup. She played two matches and dropped one game. In two matches, ridiculous. Just yeah, as I don't little, think that was fair opposition. Little, she was... I know, but just a little practice uh, knock-up uh, just between tournaments. Then went into Stuttgart, obviously. And uh, yeah. then a couple of more breadsticks, just for fun. Uh, well, let's, look, first... let's look at some more stats. We're going to go through loads. So eighth yeah. career title, fifth title in a row, fifth WTA 1000, eight finals played, eight won, zero sets lost, 28 wins in a row. That's Iga Savante. Let's move on to the next one. Crazy, isn't it? Right, yes. And this one's obviously the score lines. Yeah. yeah. Do you want to take us through them? Yes, yeah, so this is the last 16 sets of WTA final. So she's in a final. She's playing against the other a player who, well, they've got to a final. So they've just won a cluster of matches. They're in great form, <laughs> playing well. 
And this is what she does to them. So from 2020, we've got a 6-4 and a 6-1. You've got a 6-2 and a 6-2 in Adelaide. In Rome last year, we know against Pliskova, the double bagel. Mm. Uh, Doha, 6-2, 6-love. Indian Wells, 6-4, 6-Miami, 6-4, 6-love. Stuttgart, 6-2, 6-2. And then the same again in Rome, 2-2 two and two again. And it's just honestly remarkable. I mean, the craziest thing is, it's got to be a one or one, two or a zero in every single second set. They'll never go to three, but the second set is always a double break at the very minimum. Yeah, I'd actually say that the the best one of all of those was actually the last six two six two as well. Well, Jabur was actually pretty close. Um, she was what was it four two and with a it break was the fake point. one. It felt a bit of a fake six two six two yeah. in the fact that. I thought she was in it. You could say maybe the same about Miami with Osaka. That first set was pretty tight-ish, um, but it seemed always out of depth. I mean, this six-two-six-two seemed closer than any of the other ones, purely for the fact that Onstable was had them breakpoint opportunities. And what we saw on the breakpoint was some of the most fantastic tennis I've ever seen. It was aggressive. Yeah. It was just dominant, confident. Eager was showing that she is here to not mess around. It doesn't matter if you come against someone who's just won a grand, uh, a Masters event in Madrid. She can still swap them away. Yeah, she really can. And obviously, in the previous rounds in that uh, same tournament, you go down, you've got Sabalenka, she breadsticked her. Andreescu bageled her. Azarenka breadsticked her. And Ruza bagel for her as well. So there was one in every single round other than the final. So Jabur did pretty well, really, considering. And... She did have spells in both sets where she did look like the better player than Eager, and Eager's level did drop. But you it's just the consistency over a whole match duration. It's just so much higher than anyone else on the tour. She's just so good, and her, her style of play is it's brutal. It's horrible to watch players get battered, but I love it. It's one of those things I can't look away. Right, yeah, I want to see the I want to see the streak keep going. It's exciting. Right, on to the next one. This one, Iga Sviontek is the first player in history to go undefeated in all of her first five WTA 1000 finals. Yeah, Another shout out to stuff. my guy Juan Ignacio, big legend yeah. on tennis Twitter. If you don't know him, give him a follow. He loves uh, the WTA and is a massive Eager fan. And I really enjoy some of his statistics he prepares. So definitely worth a follow yeah. if you haven't done so already. You can see there the five finals she was able to win. We've got Seles and Kvitova won four, uh, lost the fifth one. And Svitolina and Sabalenka have also won four and yet to play a fifth. So you never know, could see Svitolina and Sabalenka do the same. Uh, but right now, I mean, if she used to, if either of them two had to play Eager in a final, I wouldn't fancy them. <laughs> well, yeah, exactly. Saba just played her in the final. of. They've got to hope that Eager's not in the draw. Well, the last two times that uh, Sabah's played her is in the last two tournaments, and she's only managed to get 2-2, two, 2-1. Two, two and one. So, not the best. So, move on to the next of our many eager tweets. So, there's another Juan Ignacio one. I really like this one as well. Yeah, this one. The youngest players to win five WTA 1000 titles. Look at that list there, JG. He's got some good yep. ones on there, haven't we? Hingis, 17 years old, seven months. Well, that, wow. that's the real that's the real standout, isn't it? I mean, yeah. what Hingis was able to do at such a young age is going to be hard to eclipse. I'm not sure if we're ever going to see it. Um, 
we thought, well, I thought maybe when Coco Goff come on the scene, 15, 16, maybe she could have done something and emulated that. She wasn't able to and isn't going to now. Um, but yeah, it's remarkable. Look at Eager there. You see what a little star next to her name. The company she's there with, they're all, well, legends. They're all legends. If you look at the Hall of Fame for women's tennis, all of these names are there. They really are. They're, they're, they are the who's who of women's tennis. Uh, it's incredible. She's put herself really like a cat amongst the pigeons, isn't it? Yeah. And I think I mean, that there's going to be more records being broken by Eager. Well, I certainly hope so anyway. Yeah, we've got Rowdy right. every lap in for another super chat. And Eager broke Ooh. her opponent's serve in 32 <laughs> of 41 return games in Rome. Nice stat. I love that. Thanks, Rowdy. 32 out of 41 times she broke her opponent. That's madness. <laughs> it you, it's not even an advantage serving, is it? It's just the. No, I think that's nothing. more times than I broke you. She's yeah. more dominant to everyone else than I am to you. I mean, it's quite close oh, against us two now. <laughs> yeah, I know. God, it was terrible at the beginning of the week. Yeah. <laughs> the worst. I just try. I have to. I have to put it into when I read these numbers. I try and always relate it to my experience of playing tennis, and I play quite a bit now. Yeah, and if yeah. I was to do something like that, I mean, I find it hard to keep motivated. I don't understand how when you're at the top of the game, you, you're continuously motivated to keep a, such a high level. I mean, everyone she plays is not as good as her. So you'd yeah. think if you're playing tennis players who aren't as good as you, it's hard to keep your level so high. Eventually, you'd think, oh, I'm going to drop your level a little bit. That's what happens when you play someone not as good. It's hard week in, week out. If you're not challenging, I think she is challenging herself because they're quality players she's playing. But it, I still find it remarkable that mentally that she's able to still maintain such a high level. You'd expect it to drop off naturally. And that's just by human psychology and behavior. I think that's something I try and get amazing. in my head a lot. I can't quite understand it. It's difficult to understand because it's not. You don't see that in every single player on the tour. I think that what she's doing is really incredible. To Like you said, to keep motivation when players aren't really uh, challenging you on the court. And they are top tennis players. Well, you they can, you can find yourself getting a bit flat-footed. I mean, if you're playing someone not as good, you might not be in your toes so much. You may yeah. make a few, take a bit off the ball, reserve your energy. Do you know what I mean? Just take yeah. a little bit off. But she seems to not do that. Her approach not let is... Let them have a game. She like, has her, she, yeah, she has her way of playing. And it is extremely dominant. And I guess that probably is the best energy conservation method because she gets it done so quick. I find it's just her consistency. It's just to be able to be that consistent in hitting winners is so difficult. And that she makes it look so easy, though. Like when she has like a bit of a wobble and then she doesn't hit a winner for a while, everyone's like, whoa, what's happening to her? She's having... And then she yeah. comes back and breaks the her opponent in the next game anyway. It doesn't even matter. She goes off a wobble for one game. So oh, that's no. fine. It's madness. I mean, as you can see here, waiting for, you know, right? Of course, we know what she's waiting for. Is it Rafa? What is it? Is it, is it a tiramisu? <laughs> I think, listen, I think she's big on the tiramisu in Rome. Uh, we know she loves a good pizza oh, as well. Pizza. It's one or the other. I think she's on the tiramisu train. I find her character very charming. Um and that is something which makes me will her on even more in these records because I like her off the court as well. And she's got a good, yeah, great yeah. personality. She Funny really does. <laughs> um, does. Does makes me laugh. And I'm, I'm, I hope she's had quite a few tenemuses because she certainly deserves them. 
Yeah, I thought that she was just waiting for Roland Garros, to be honest. <laughs> and, and do you know what tiramisu means, Ben, in Italian? Uh, I'm sure someone in our <laughs> live chat, John Silk, can uh, inform us. I thought he, do I you not know? T- no, I don't know. Means to lift you up. I heard John Tira, Tira, lift me, okay. Sue, Sue up, Jew down. I heard John Silk telling somebody what it meant when we were in uh, Zagreb, but I. There you well, go. He's there. He's now. in the live chat. <laughs> Straight in there. Cheer there me up. <laughs> Cheer me up. Lift you up. Whatever way there you want to dress it up. Tidamisu, or you could say Tidamiju, bring me down. Oh, I don't want one of them. I I can understand why it is called that because it's coffee, isn't it? Sort of, it's like a little pick you up. Ah, okay. That makes sense now. Ah, it's all adding up. Learning new things. GTL, bringing you the knowledge. Love it. I always try to educate you, man. That's it. I'm gonna have a. I'm just. I'm, I'm just waiting for the podcast. You teach me something. I'm gonna have Is a. Is that gonna come up soon? I'm gonna have a tiramisu after we've had this. <laughs> uh, right. <laughs> right. On to the next. This one most consecutive wins since becoming number one. And it's that man again, Juan Ignacio. Yeah, Juan Ignacio. Appreciate these incredible stats and the who's who again. Eager right up there. Obviously, Justina Nan. That's that's pretty impressive. 16. Azarenka up there as well. She's still playing, though. Uh, and she's there. She's level with Hingis. That's such great names to be. And she's ahead of a lot of greats there as well. Yep. Move on to the next one. You can pause and have a look through them if uh, you're watching it back. Right. And this one. Oh, this one's the, the interesting one. A little bit of a uh, controversial tweet let's say well do we segue on to the men's after this one by any chance i believe we do jg okay because i like that if we do because i've got a lot to say about it so let's read it so rome comes to a close brilliant tournament great champions final note for now on prize money eager wins the wins the title and gets three hundred and twenty-two thousand two hundred and sixty euros a couple of hours later same court Sissipas loses his final and he gets 456,720. Is it fair that women in Rome, not just all the masters, I know Madrid, they had equal pay. If you didn't know that, they did it completely equal. But Rome have got this stance that they will be paying the men a lot more than the women. Do you agree that's right? No. Why? I don't believe it's right because I don't think that they're... I, the one th- annoying thing that did annoy me about this this tournament was there weren't as many people filling the seats for the eager matches, and she's arguably for me that one of the biggest then, right? biggest stars. Well, it should explain it, shouldn't it? That this is this is the argument. People are saying, "Well, don't get bums on seats, don't get money." Yeah. Well, you're not saying that though. You're I'm saying, saying that it should, I think you're saying it should. Be, this is yeah. Not fair. I think that she should. I think she should earn the same amount like as the winner of the men's in this event. Even if there's even if there's not as much interest with it and the, there's not as much money coming in, why is there not as much interest though? I don't understand that. Well, you can't. It's, it's the way it is, isn't it? It's what people want to watch. Why? Why would Madrid they, pay them? People are paying exactly the same. For are, it and... are, the, are the women are the women better in Madrid? Is it more exciting when they play in Madrid? I'm I think sure. Rome's I'm the most sure. exciting. I think Eager's the, probably the most exciting player that's probably been in Rome's history since I can remember for women. So why is she not being? What? Uh, what? Who's done on the? Uh, obviously on the men's side, we've got Djokovic doing his thing, but Eager's a breath of fresh air. I think she deserves 
that and a little bit more. She deserves more than sit a pass. Mm. In my eyes, anyway. Yeah, no, I, I do agree. I'm just playing devil's advocate. I think it should be the same. Um, but ultimately, I can understand why it isn't in Rome. I think they need to make some kind of stand because it seems to me that women's tennis is on the rise at the moment. And so. from being two tennis fans like we are, you could arguably say it's in maybe better hands. Like we've in most recent tournaments and Grand Slams, I've found myself getting more excited by the women's draw than the men's. We've so covered more. We, we, we well. cover a lot more women's tennis yeah, yeah, at the moment. And I believe that it is a bit unfortunate that we find ourselves in this situation. And I would like to see equal pay across all of the tournaments. Um, whether it's going to happen or not, not so sure. I think I even, that ultimately yeah. viewing num money speaks, TV deals, all of the other sponsorship and uh, these big businesses and corporate stuff is going to, uh, that's going to dictate what's going to happen. So what and... happens if Djokovic wasn't in the final or Djokovic and Nadal weren't in the tournament then? Is it still, they still the men get more money? Cause I'm get I'm, they're the ones who are going to be ramping up the price of the, the prize money. I don't think it's going to be the other guys on the tour. Alcaraz maybe but that's what I mean I see Eager as a bigger star uh, than some of the men who are following up after the big three that's my personal opinion yeah we've got um, we've got Aya in saying the attendance at Roma for the women's was dismal at best so sad yeah. to see and that does translate into the money isn't it I mean we was covering it and I know at one point you said there was a good atmosphere there's a few Polish flags but it was pretty dismal I was watching that final and it was flat as hell. There wasn't people there. There wasn't Gaps. people quite in an atmosphere. Um, it was a sorry state of affairs, if I'm honest. We probably had more people in our live stream than there was in the stadium. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> Is it because of, uh, I don't know, are the Italians only interested in watching men's tennis or is there just not enough female Italian tennis players uh, at the top of the game for them to get excited about? That they're... I don't think it's an Italy problem, if I'm honest. No? Um, no, not not at all. Well, uh, we've got, let's, let's move on anyway from this one because I know we've got some other more positive uh, Well, <laughs> uh, There was tweets. one more. But it's important one... to bring this up. Yeah, but just yeah, quickly, this... before we go on to the next one, Rowdy on. relapse and Eager wins 76.2%. <laughs> of her service <laughs> games and 55.3% of her opponent's games in 2022. This is how she dominates with a mediocre serve. And a big point, we keep saying it, her serve isn't actually that amazing. There's no. about, would you say it's top 10 maybe, but like there's a lot of players who have better serve than her. Definitely. Definitely. I would yeah. say maybe Raducanu has a better serve than her. Yeah. Is that me getting too over? I think it is. I think it's a good first serve Raducanu has. She can pull out a good one from time to time. Sabalenka as well, from time to time. We know it's a powerful one, probably not the most reliable. But yet, she still wins so many of her service games. I think it's a pretty accurate first serve. Her return game, though, we don't talk about it enough. It's literally Djokovic-esque. Yeah, I mean, it's amazing. But let's move on to something. Uh, I know that there's one more WCA tweet that was just... Uh, we'll, we'll come out of the negative into the positive a little bit here, if we can. Right, so this one uh, was obviously to do with some of the rankings in the uh, WTA after Rome as well, which uh, yep. we've got to give shout out to some of these players who did great. And I thought we saw some performances. Like I know that we both spoke about Andreescu and thought, like, is this yep. is she back now? She looks incredible, didn't she? I think she is. I think Bianca Andreescu. Um, 
could knock on, I don't know, I think is top 10 a big ask? She's definitely a top 10 player in my eyes. And I saw enough signs for her on her least favoured surface, being the clay courts, to suggest that she can be a contender and someone who could be uh, a competitor for Iga. Although she wasn't here, it's not her surface. I'd love to see Iga Andreescu US Open, especially after Andreescu's played well. If she plays well for the rest of the year and Iga continues doing this, then that could be a more level matchup. You've got Naomi Osaka as well on the hard courts against an Andreescu. Another really fascinating uh, matchup and rivalry I'd love to see. Um, and I'm, I was blown away by Andreescu. She's going to be um, maybe one of my dark courses for Roland Garros. Could throw it in there just to surprise you. I know it's not her surface. I've always been a bit of a fan of her. And as long as she's smiling and enjoying her tennis, she's dangerous in my books. And I will be someone who probably overestimates her on the podcast. So I can understand people, if they're listening to this, they don't agree with what I'm saying. I do have a tendency to go a little bit big on her. You do, but it's... With good reason. I mean, we know the level that she can play at. It's just the highest of the high. We've seen her defeat the very best. Yeah. And I think that if she gets back to that level, she's it's going to be one of those amazing rivalries I'm hoping we get to see between Iga and Bianca. I'm hoping Jabur's in there as well, though, because yeah. she's really impressed me. Like getting to the final of two tournaments, obviously winning Madrid, and then the final of the next one in the world now, I believe it's, it's incredible. Like, are you gonna are you, are you pointing that at anybody in particular? That comment? No, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> was ever Mister Silk in the chat? That might, uh, be worried oh, about that. Listen, uh, I think Maria Sarko is even higher. So, <laughs> okay. um, not not pointing at him, but on to okay. doing great. We've got Ayla in the chat saying. Uh, Bianca played so well in Rome. Nice to see her back. Tennis is better with her. Couldn't have said it any better. Yeah, definitely agree with that. We've been sort of saying it and I don't know. I've been a bit worried to even like, I didn't ever want to allude to that she might be done or anything like that with her because it's just such a like horrible thing to see her playing the way she's been playing and pulling yeah. out of tournaments. She did get to that final, remember, in Miami, and then she pulled out. So she, we were, Yeah, but it wasn't the signs. same body of work prior nah, to nah. it. There was some good stuff. I'm not starting to see her now playing a lot a lot more solidly. And for me, she'll be a contender in all, the, all of the events because she is that good. I'll never forget that Serena matchup she had in the final. Uh, she'll always stay in my mind as a real top, top athlete. And we've got Match Point Canada and how fitting is that? Uh, great job they do. Go check out their podcast if you haven't heard it. And yeah, saying, sure. uh, we are very high on Bianca. She's a contender. Uh, nice to see you guys. Nice Definitely. To see you too. Yeah, uh, we obviously got Halep in there as well. Uh, obviously, you got to have a mention of her. But yeah, let's let's move on into... It's going to be the men's side now. Yep. And that man, he's back again. Ah, oh, uh, someone had him to win the tournament. Don't remember who picked him. Uh, Was it John? Uh, might have been. Probably didn't. He probably picked Rafa. <laughs> Hmm. No, it was me. Obviously, it was me because Djokovic was back and he was number one seed. So obviously, I had to have him winning it. But for good reason. I think when he lost to Alcaraz in the last tournament, he looked nearly back. And yep. uh, I think, well, I would have loved to have seen Alcaraz in this tournament because it could yep. have really been, I reckon that could have been the final in this tournament. That yeah, but it's wise what he did. It's wise yeah. what he did. He did exactly what Iggy did after Madrid. Uh, well, during Madrid, taking that time off. He's taking time after Madrid, missed yeah. Rome. Both going to be big favourites now, which is, well, not Alcaraz, but I've seen some bookies having Alcaraz as a favourite outright. Yeah. 
which is mad. Ego, definitely massive one. And yeah. I think it's wise what both of them have done. But let's talk about Novak Djokovic. 1,000 ATP wins. I mean, we gave Rafa a round of applause last year when he did it. And uh, Djokovic deserves it as well. It's, it's outstanding numbers. And we was a bit worried come the start of the year with what was happening with him not being able to play many tournaments. He then came back, didn't look good at all. Um, we wasn't sure when he was going to pick up a win. We had people in the live chat, some of his most, well, some of his biggest fans, Gary, one of them, saying how you can get old overnight. We had all of this mm. worried. Is he never going to be able to compete at the high level again? Is he done? He's back. Um. He's back to his best. He's playing good. Some would say now favourite for Roland Garros. You're always going to have people have a different debate, but definitely, I mean, for me, watching him against so. Alcaraz in uh, Madrid, he was great. And now we've just seen another level again in Rome and by far the best player. I mean, he demolished Sister Pass in the final. I think he didn't even look troubled at all. Not really. Of course, his 1,000th victory was in the semi-final. So now he's got 1,001 after winning the final. And it's just outstanding numbers for the, for the world number one. Yeah, obviously not dropping a set as well throughout the whole tournament. So that's another thing to note, uh, ever improving. And after losing to Alcaraz in that ridiculous match over in Madrid, just seemed like he just sort of cleaned up here. His closest match was against, I think, Felix in this one. That was quite a close run, yeah. one seven five. It's a good, seven, good match, that one. I know Faisan covered yeah. it. I was watching the highlights the other day and um, there's some good shots from Felix. He looked, he looked quite good, actually. Uh, so I was really impressed with Djokovic able just to swat him away. And that's what makes me think that this guy is going to be, I think he's going to be in the final, depending on who he has on his side of the draw. It's going to be very draw dependent for me. If he yeah. can avoid a lot of the big names, he's making the final. Um, the ones you need to watch for, obviously, for me, are only two, actually. Alcaraz and Nadal. I think if he is on Sissipas's side, he'll still be able to beat him and get to the final. Nadal and Alcaraz, they're the ones who could stop him. I don't see any other anyone else but the, but the, but the Spaniards. My thing, I think only Alcaraz could probably stop him. That's yeah, my I knew you would say that, man. That's, that's my personal opinion, just based yeah, upon but... Rafa's injury at the moment. I mean, yeah, it's right, it's right on Garros, Ben. I mean, I know, everyone as well needs to calm down with this Rafa. I'm hoping um, it's fine, reasoning. but I just it just worries me a lot because. The same thing that he pulled out against Djokovic last year after that long match is the same thing that he's just now pulled out against Chapo. Well, didn't pull out, but lost against Chapo. You know what I mean? Uh, it's just the, it worried me because he was looking the similar on court. That was all it was. It, he slowed really down. He couldn't really run properly. Yeah, I don't think it's that serious, this Rafa one. I mean, I hope not. he's got I hope a chronic right. foot injury. He's always had this chronic foot injury. He said he yeah. was feeling better than what he has been for a while on the clay. Mm. It's just it is what it is. We know he's going to have these issues. I'm just hoping, touch just wood, going, <laughs> that he can go through Roland Garros without it happening. He might do. Listen, I'm not going to sit here and let you just keep saying that Djokovic is going to beat him. I've got to fight my corner sometimes. Uh, you've got a very, very logical case to put forward to suggest Djokovic. And I think the statistics and the numbers right now would support what you're saying. However, the overall numbers and statistics is... You can't use them for Rafael Nadal because he can no. defy logic. How many times? We saw it in Australia. And he's doing it. And he's at a slam. He's won more than anyone. He's got the best record there yeah. ever. So never put him out. And I'm going to always be here just to um, 
well, to fight my corner. We've got Rowdy every lap saying it's assumed that Alcaraz will dominate, dominate a post-Djokovic-Nadal uh, era. Does Holgerun or some other young player have the game to challenge Carlitos? Wow. Uh, not right now, but maybe one day. Yeah, I think so. I think Rune could be definitely one player who suddenly comes to the forefront in the next, say, 18 months, let's say. I think he's uh, just a little bit behind at the moment, yeah. but he's looking good. I think it's a good good shout. But, yeah, Novak Djokovic, on to the next tweet anyway. we got him tweeting out himself saying, thank you. Thank you all for being on this journey with me thus far. Blessed and privileged to have reached this milestone and hoping for many more victories to come. See you tomorrow, Roma Edimo. Yeah, I mean, fantastic stuff. Yeah, I think this was right. after his 1,000th, if you go down. Yeah, you yeah, see it was, the, yeah, yeah. Look at that. I mean, the, you did you no. see him eating Pretty the cake? Cool. As, did you see? I didn't see that, actually, no. <laughs> he, barely, he barely touched. He barely had any. He took a little pinch. He was I'm like, not sure about the one. I mean, the one's a bit dodgy, you know? I don't know who they got to draw it. Hopefully, it's uh, not done by anyone, uh, I don't know, a child or something. I feel bad for criticising. His son made it for him or something. I don't know. But... Yeah, I think it's just it's always a nice touch. Not quite as big as Rafa's one thousand uh, thing, was it? But uh, no, I think he had the whole court taken up with uh, with big big let um, not big numbers rather, wasn't it? Was that in Paris? Well, wasn't it? I mean, the goats deserve the best, Ben. What do we expect? He gets a dodgy one on it. <laughs> it could be a seven. It's a seven thousand. Still, still pretty cool, man. You can't you can't <laughs> ever say anything about that. What he's no, done no. special deserves it. It's absolutely madness. I mean, considering the year that he started off with, I think that it's just so good that he's managed to come good this this quickly. I think it's pretty fast, to be honest. Yeah. And there we and go. The big most, thing with it is yeah. now most Masters titles, 38. So he's got a little gap between Rafa. Yeah. There was talk that Rafa could level it up and get 37 all um, if he was able to win it. But it was been a terrible roam for him and the way he went out. And Novak Djokovic now... Outright leader with 38 Masters titles. Wow. I mean, that's pretty mad. And you can see there. Eager's going to have 38 soon. She keeps going. This year. <laughs> uh, Roger Federer there. Eight behind. Left in the dirt, isn't he, Federer? I know. Look at that. Murray still there on the list. Uh, just Is Murray going to get to 15? Oh, I mean, it would have to take a mammoth. There. I think he'd have to have a few players drop out the tournament for him to... Uh... Everyone. <laughs> it's just him he wins and, it as a wild card he beats Bassass Philly in the final <laughs> Cam Norrie <laughs> I'm not sure it'd be a tough match against Norrie these days I'm not no, sure if it would be both a... of them you mentioned probably no you yeah. never know Murray's looking okay don't want to dismiss him right so look at so this so Masters 1000 titles one without dropping a set Djokovic 11 Nadal 8 Federer there's also another stat which I don't really like to bring up because it doesn't help my cause at all. So oh, I didn't no. even bother sending it to Ben, but I feel like I should say it. And that is that Djokovic has beaten a lot of better opposition, well, a lot more top 10 opposition. It's coming up on one of the next tweets. Don't oh, <laughs> did I send it? Oh, maybe no, I, I, did I think I've got that one up. Don't worry. Here we go. Oh, let's, let's go to it. So, no, that's not the one I had. I but yeah. The... <laughs> okay. There was another one. But yeah, win, wins against the top 10 players en route to 1,000 titles. Wins. Djokovic, 231. Federer 182, Nadal 172, Lendl 160, Connors 139. So this, yeah, this isn't actually the one I had. It was okay. beating two or more players inside the top 10 
he's got like a, a lot more than everyone else. So, okay. listen, I've got to bring it up. I've got to say, I've got to be fair. Novak Djokovic has certainly been the king of the Masters. Yeah, he really has. Can't, I mean, can't really disagree with that. He is a master of tennis, it would seem. And uh, there we go. Like uh, this little well, set. Quickly, we quite fitting. Cheers for the super chat, Vance. Cheers, uh, Vance. He's saying you can default him. You can deport him, but you can't demoralize him. Uh, but yes, this year's Roland Garros favorite favorite is draw dependent. I agree. Yeah, very much so. I mean, it's one of the most eagerly anticipated draws I think I've ever gonna so, have yeah, waited. It's for. gonna be one of our best draw previews because it does actually play a massive impact on what's reaction. gonna happen. Imagine yeah, we, no, we'd have to we have to an instant reaction that we have to do the whole lot. Yeah, I don't know how we're going to have time for it all, but no idea. Um, we've also got qualifiers <laughs> going on. We're going to be bringing you a podcast very soon. Oh. We've got a few people in. I'm going to be preparing a. a, a we, we love these ones. They're quite famous. It's going to be our famous qualifiers to watch episode. Ben had scat off famously start of the year, Ooh. and he's never heard the back of it. Is he going to pick someone stupid again? We know Ben's tennis knowledge is nowhere near as good as mine. He often does pick some very strange, strange selections. Who. Well, they, they never really have a career after he picks them. Let's see who he can muster out of these ones. They're good, my little pick. Skatov through the first round Terrible. of qualifying today. 6-1, six, 6 love. He's loving it. Are you going to pick him again? The... Pick him again. Mate, let's see if he makes. He's up against Rodriguez Taverna in the next round. Not an He's easy match. Out, then. If, he, if he beats him, JG's going to be quaking in his boots, I think. Well, pick him, Skatov. Can't wait for it. Well, we'll wait. We have to see who's in the final round let's of qualifying. Let's see who he gets there. Yeah, that's it. That's what we got to wait and see. So, Djokovic here, 87th career uh, title, uh, first title of the season, obviously, very big one as well. 38th Masters said that. Sixth crown in Rome and no sets lost. Yeah, fantastic. And there he is holding it aloft. Just one more time for JG there. There he is holding it aloft. Yep, <laughs> Get that one. One more time. There he is. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, all yeah. uh, right. Uh, and this one, this is a big one. This one you can have a little bit more uh, to shout about. Uh, obviously, Djokovic just made it into the club now, but someone's above him there. Uh, Mr. Rafael Nadal had a bit of a storm in start to the year. Uh, up at 1,051 there. Well, I actually anticipate Djokovic to do better than Nadal in this statistic. Okay. Reason being, I think he's going to play more events uh, these coming years. Doesn't mean he's going to have the overall Grand Slam record, but I think he's going to close this gap and it's going to be very tight. Uh, Rafa, I think he's going to select his tournaments a bit more wisely, not not play so much. Roger, I can't see his number going up much more. If not, maybe <laughs> maybe one or two. Uh, and of course, the others aren't doing anything. So I'd love to see Rafa sort of reach that third position. I think he can. But Djokovic, I think he's going to be very much thereabouts, probably going to take the third spot. Um, may even catch Roger Federer. He's a bit younger, isn't he, than the rest? That's true, yeah. I mean, Federer, could he take that top, uh, top spot as well? I mean, he's not far off, is he? Federer? Mm, I don't think got... he's going to. I don't think Come he on, is, no. 23, 24. He's not just playing, mate. He's not got to play 20-odd matches. He's got <laughs> to win them. <laughs> I know. Dominic Team obviously losing again today as well. That was sad exactly, to see. Yeah. I know. See, so if he can't do it, Federer's going to be struggling as well. Cheers to Rowdy every lap. Another super <coughs> chat in saying, couldn't Novak missing the first two months actually benefit him for the rest of the season? Mm. He'll be fresher while the other players will wear down. Mm. 
Well, the reason I like this is because we know Djokovic has some very suspect results towards the back end of the year. I've seen a few of them now. True. Um, what was it? Sanago one time. Yeah. Uh, I forget all of them, but ATP finals as well. Recent years yeah. not been as good. And maybe this is going to just be the worst thing ever for Rafa fans and Federer fans because Djokovic is just going to storm the rest of the year. Now he's all fresh and he's finding some form. He could win everything. No Olympics this year as well. So no Olympics to worry US about. <laughs> nah, he's looking good. We all want to see competition. I'm, I'm happy to yeah. see Djokovic playing well. Um, ultimately, I'd love to see a fit Rafael Nadal play a fit Novak Djokovic at Roland Garros. We all would. See, well, it'd be another special, I'm sure. That's it. Uh, and on to the last one. Um, ATP WTA players being mixed together here with the most weeks at world number one. Djokovic there in second. It looks like he'll probably be able to get that number one spot from Steffi Graf. She's got 377. He's just seven behind. Yeah. Look, Serena there with them 500 I predicted in the quiz we did. <laughs> um, that was terrible. One. John Silk did ask the question. I said, I went fire. I don't know what was happening. I think I did have a few beers and maybe the sun. I didn't even really need to expose myself, but I thought, why not make a fool of myself live on why the podcast? Um, I do it enough to Ben. So that's my, yeah, my that's time of embarrassment. Line, uh, Steffi Graf, though, leading the way. Djokovic is going to take it. I'm going to call it now. Djokovic is going to be the player with the most weeks across the ATP and WTA tour. You sure, do, you, do you agree? I agree, yeah. yeah. I think you're right. I if not in this spell, it's going to happen eventually. Djokovic is always teetering between one and two. Um, and if, if I think even if he loses world number one, I feel like he's going to get it back at some point. Yeah, I don't Even see if it's Graf for a few weeks. Back, it's going to be yeah. enough to just cover, <laughs> yeah. Graf adding any more weeks. <laughs> it comes back to replace Barty. Uh, maybe just to give it, someone can give Eager a good game. Maybe it's Steffi Graf. She's going to yeah. come back just to try and re- uh, knock her off top spot. But, well, I think we've done that uh, a death. But just before we go, uh, I just want to say a quick thanks to everybody. If you haven't already, hit the like button on the video, subscribe if you're new, and everybody. Wish JG a very happy birthday because it has just turned midnight here in the UK. Happy birthday, JG. I thought it was going to be the... (laughs) <laughs> I thought it was going to be the 36k. No, we did make 36,000 like, subscribers. Yeah, I thought as that well. was. Do you know the worst thing is? I saw that and I thought, I'm going to press that at the end for 36k. <laughs> How embarrassing would it have been if I pressed it and said happy birthday to me? I should have left you to it, mate. I that would have been awful. So, but no, cheers, man. Thanks for making that. I mean, I would love to make one for you on your birthday, but I wouldn't know how to do it. So maybe I'll have to use that and just pretend it says Ben. That's all right. Um, I'm sure you'll yeah. find a way. It's my birthday. I've been getting a few texts and stuff, but the podcast does come first. Um, I better go on my phone and see what people are saying. Thanks for all the nice messages in the live chat. Uh, A lot of people coming in. Look, happy 16th birthday. I mean, I'm not that old yet. I'm only 15. Give me me another year. Um, But yeah, cheers, guys. Hopefully, I'll have a good day today. Going to have some beers. Have nice. some nice food. I've got a meal later on this evening. Um, but I'm not really doing much else, to be fair. It's going to be quite a relaxed birthday. I feel the older you get, the, the le- you don't really celebrate as much when you get older. 
No, you don't really. Seems like the presents become smaller and more card form. (laughs) Like, or you don't really need them, or you've already got the stuff yourself. So it's just nice to see. I always find like it's just a good excuse just to meet up with some people or just see friends, family, that type of thing these days. So uh, I'm sure. uh, Well, if you're in the office at some point this week, I'm sure I'll see you then. Yeah, you gonna get me a beer? Oh, mate, of course. (laughs) (laughs) right anyway we'll leave it on that cheers everybody for joining us hit that like button for jg's birthday and we'll see you on the next one yeah well done to eager as well what a legend uh thanks for watching Podcast Network.